I've been speaking to you for the last couple of weeks on demons, their activities, and deliverance. And so much has been said. I've got amazing feedback from different people with what God is doing with this message. And you know, some, some messages just strike home. And this is one of those messages that I've seen as struck home with so many people because God is opening people's eyes to see what they are dealing with. But I want to go to our foundation text. I read this last week. I want to read it again in Ephesians chapter 6, and we're going to read verse 12. Ephesians 6 and verse 12. Have you found it? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Notice it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. It does not say we don't wrestle. We do wrestle, but not against flesh and blood. And so last week I emphasized that we have to understand that our Battle is not against people. Flesh and blood here, of course, is, symbolizes people. Flesh and blood is referring to people. You are not fighting people. People are not the enemy. The enemy is Satan, the enemy. And it's important you understand that because if you don't understand that, you will keep fighting the wrong fight. But I don't want to dwell on that too much. If you haven't heard me preach along these lines for the last three weeks, I want you to go to our website and we have all this ready for you to enjoy, and I believe they're going to be a blessing to you. Demons, deliverance, and the activities of demons. I believe it will definitely bless you. But today I want to speak to you on keys to permanent freedom from demonic influence. Keys to permanent freedom. Who wants permanent freedom from demonic influence? Good. I'm going to give you some very important keys, and these are five keys I'm going to give to you today. And these keys will give you permanent victory over the kingdom of darkness. How many of you understand, based on what I've been teaching, that we have been delivered? The church has been what? Delivered, delivered from the power, the power, the control of darkness. We have been translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son, in whom we have redemption through His blood even the forgiveness of sin. Number one key to staying totally and completely free is confession. I want to say confession. This is very important. You can look at confession from different angles, but I want to look at confession from the angle of bringing it to light. Bringing it to light. This is a confession that I want to talk to you about today. Bringing it to light. That is what it simply means. Bringing it to light. When you confess, you bring the heeding to light. Did you hear me? When you cover it up, you allow the enemy right and authority over your life. Don't cover sin up. Confess it. And as we talk about confessing sin, we must understand that we can confess to God, which 
people need to do, but also there is confessing to people what you've done wrong. The enemy, Satan, is a master of the master of darkness and secrecy. Did you hear me? When you bring it to light, the power of darkness is broken. Did you hear what I said? When you bring it to light, the power of darkness is broken. And when people are not willing to bring to light the hidden things of their lives, they give Satan, demons, and evil spirits right and authority over them. And they wonder why their life is going the way it's going. It's because you have something hidden that needs to be exposed. Did you hear me? The Bible says in the book of James chapter 5 and verse 16. James and chapter 5 and verse 16. It says in the Amplified Classic, Confess to one another therefore your faults. Your sleeps, your false steps, your offenses, your sins. Confess. That's what it says. Confess to one another your sins, your offenses. And pray also for one another that you may be healed. So it also shows us that when something is healing, it gives the enemy authority to put sickness on your body. It gives the enemy authority to harass you. And to mess you up. The Bible says, he that covers his sin will not prosper. But he that confesseth and forsaketh them shall obtain mercy. Now, even as I speak about this, I'm not implying that you need to go around and tell everyone what you've done. Because that is the worst thing you might do to yourself. You can't go around and tell everybody what you've done. Because if you tell everybody what you've done, that might be your undoing. Can I talk to you? Is it okay if I just don't run around and speak? Is it okay if I just talk to you? If you want to stay totally free from every influence of the devil, don't have anything in your life that's hidden and covered. No skeleton in your cupboard. The devil is the master of secrecy. The devil is the master of darkness. When something is hidden and covered... You give the devil right over your life. Yes, you do. Bring it to light. Bring it to the open. Tell it to God. And there are cases where God would have you tell it to someone else. And someone else in this case will be your leaders. Not everybody. Every Tom, Dick, and Harry don't have the right to hear what you've done. Hello? No, subjects like this are not preached anymore in so many places. I'm telling you. They're not touched anymore. They're not preached anymore because you know what? 
Some people think that if you begin to talk about things like this, you scare people. But that's not true. When you begin to talk about things like this, you put the fear of God in people. And, and what we must endeavor to do as preachers is to put the fear of God in people. The Bible says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. If people don't have the fear of God, then they're not even in the wisdom of God. It is a fear of God that's the beginning of wisdom. So don't talk about wisdom because the wisdom you might be talking about is just your natural wisdom or demonic wisdom. But when you want to walk in the wisdom of God, the beginning is the fear of God. That is the reason why it's important to expose what needs to be exposed in your life. And you've got to expose it yourself. Did you just, did you just hear what I said to you? Don't, don't forget, I've been preaching this for months. I've been preaching this for months because the way the whole deliverance message has been presented to the body of Christ seems as if God is the only one responsible and we have no responsibility whatsoever. So we run to men of God to set us free. But people must understand that if you keep doing stuff that open the door to the enemy, I don't care the man of God you run to, the enemy will keep messing up your life. Amen. Deliverance and, and permanent deliverance does not come because I lay hands on you and pray. Permanent deliverance comes when you stop doing what you know is opening the door to the enemy. Ah. Uh. Because it's easy not to take responsibility and to put the responsibility on God. But God says, no, I'll put the responsibility back on you. Amen. I have defeated the devil on your behalf. But if you keep opening the door and giving the devil right into your life, guess what? I don't care who prays for you. You can get the top ten evangelists. You can get the top 10 pastors. You can get the top 10 prophets, apostles in the world to lay hands upon you and pray for your deliverance. It will not happen. Deliverance is not the prayer I pray. Deliverance is what you are willing to let go. <laughs> Somebody needs to put that. You know, you, you say stuff like this. People write it and put it on Facebook and put it. These are the stuff you need to put on Facebook and Instagram. Not the nonsense that people put, I'm drinking coffee in Starbucks. Who cares about your coffee that you're drinking in Starbucks? Who cares about your coffee? I, I'm, I'm, who cares about your coffee? These are the kind of things. So put out there and minister to people. Deliverance is not my prayer over you. Deliverance is what you are willing to do without. What you are willing to let go. That is true deliverance. Can someone say amen? amen? So I've had the opportunity to pray for many people who needed deliverance for this and from that. But I have not jumped into praying for them all the time. I have had to ask them questions. And when you question people, you discover there are things about them that opens the door. Or that has opened the door. And until they are willing to confess it and close the door, they'll never be free. Did you hear me? So this is a very important aspect. So number one key 
to staying totally and completely free from every demonic influence is confession. Confess your sin one to another. Pray one for another that ye may be healed. That ye may be healed. Are you seeing that? This is very important. As long as it's covered, as long as it's heating, it's trouble. The enemy has right. The enemy has access to your life. Everyone say confession. confession. Say bring it to light. And, and listen, it's good you bring it to light yourself. Because here is the way it works. Here is the way God works. If you don't bring it to light, he will bring it to light. You know why he brings it to light? He loves you too much. He can't afford to have you live like that. He can't afford to have you being messed up by the enemy. So he brings it to light if you don't bring it to light. But it's good you bring it to light. And that will lead us to the next thing. Confession is basically bringing to light the secrets or the stuff you are involved in or you have done that you need to confess. Now, I'm not subscribing weekly confession like some religious people do. Go to the priest and tell him every week what you did. No, that's not what we're talking about here. Because in actual fact, you shouldn't be confessing every week to somebody. Because if you have the fear of God, you would not just deliberately go ahead and sin and go to the priest and confess and go out and confess, sin again next week and go to the priest again and confess and go out and sin again and go to the So all the weekly confession thing is nothing but religious garbage. The Bible says, he that is born of God does not continue in sin. Can someone say amen? amen. So you can be free and free indeed. And every single day of your life, you can live for God. Is it possible? Yes, it's possible. Galatians 5, it says, working the spirit, and you will certainly not gratify the desires of the flesh. That's how to stay free, completely free. Every single day living to the glory of God is if you walk in the Spirit. Can someone shout amen? amen. Can someone say amen? amen? So is it possible? Yes, it's possible. But you've got to walk in the Spirit daily. You've got to die to your flesh daily. You've got to take off the old man and put on the new man daily. Can someone say amen? amen. Praise God. You have to be renewed in the spirit of your mind daily so you can live the life that God has you to live. So you don't have to go confessing to your preacher or to your pastor or to your friend on a weekly basis because that is not the way it is designed. Can someone shout amen? amen. So that leads us to the number two key. <laughs> number two key is repentance. Confession is not repentance. Did you hear me? Confession is not repentance. Repentance is changing your mind and changing your action. 
So watch this now. If you're going this direction, you turn around. You stop going that direction and you go the opposite direction. That is what it means to repent. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says, they asked Peter, what must we do to be saved? Peter responded to them and he said, repent and be converted. Repent and be what? Repent and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. And the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of God. Without repentance and conversion, your sins are not going to be blotted out. You know, people say, I did this, I did that. That's confession. But repentance requires that you stop going that the same direction. You turn around and you go the opposite direction. That is what repentance is. Can someone shout amen? amen? Acts chapter 19. Paul comes to the region of Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey, the Anatolian side of Turkey. And the Bible says he meets with a young man who he asks, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And you know the story. Read the whole of Acts 19. It's such an amazing chapter. In verse 11, it says, And God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, that from his body handkerchiefs taken, placed upon the sick and the demon possessed, and they were healed. But if you look at verses 18 and 19, when I saw these verses, it really blessed me. Look at what it says, verses 18 and 19. It says, And many, everyone say many. Amen. And many that believed came. Right? Many that believed came, and what did they do? Watch this, and confessed. They heard the gospel, they believed in the gospel, they came and they confessed, brought it to light. Is that correct? They confessed, and watch this, and they showed their deeds, or they showed their deeds. Many of them also which used Curious arts brought their books together and they burned them before all men and they counted the price of them and they found 50,000 pieces of silver. These men did not just believe, did not just confess, but they also repented. If you notice what they did, the Bible says they brought all the books used in magic and they pile them up and they set fire to them. In other words, I will not go this way anymore. Repentance means what I used to do. The song I used to sing. The places I used to go. Uh, that's repentance. Repentance is not the song I used to sing. I continue singing them little by little. The place. No, no, no. They gave a man a microphone to testify, and he said, before I became a Christian, I used to do this, and he gave things he was doing. He said, but since I gave my life to Christ, now I do them little by little. <laughs> Repentance requires that the song I used to sing, I sing them no more. The places I used to go, I go them no more. The people I used to hang out with, But Pastor God, why would you say not hang out with them? 
Well, you know what the context of hanging out with them I'm talking about. I'm not saying you ignore, despise people. No. If you don't hang out with unbelievers, how can you even win them? But we don't hang out with unbelievers to do what they do. We hang out with unbelievers to be the light of the world. And to be the salt of the earth. Can someone shout hallelujah? hallelujah. That's very important. Praise God. That clap was for me. Clap for Jesus. Good. Is this helping anybody? Yeah. Number three. Today I'm giving you keys. Is it okay? Yeah. Number three key to staying totally free, completely free from every demonic influence is the anointing. Everyone say the anointing. Yeah. In Isaiah chapter 10 verse 27, it says, And it shall come to pass in that day, that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. The yoke shall be destroyed because of what? I have illustrated this breaking or destroying of the yoke here in the past in a few, I guess a few months ago when I showed you how the yoke is tied around people's necks. But you've got to understand when you study how farmers plow their ground before they begin to sow their seed. And then you get a concept of how they put yokes around the necks of oxen. You have oxen A and oxen B. But you want oxen A and B to plow the same route. So you put a yoke around their neck. Because the yoke keeps them going the same direction. Oxen A cannot go right away from oxen B. Neither can oxen B go left away from oxen A. Do you get the picture? So there is a yoke around the necks of both oxen. Because you want them to ply the same route. With that in mind... We now understand how the enemy puts yoke around people's necks. The Bible talks about the woman who came into the synagogue or into the temple. And when Jesus saw her, Jesus told the spirit of infirmity to leave the woman alone. The Bible says she had been bound for how many years? 18 years. She was bound by this spirit of infirmity. When she came to the temple, all the religious people were blind. They couldn't see the spirit that held her in bondage. Now, I want you to figure this out. Here is the woman, 18 years bound. She wasn't born that way. Is that correct? She wasn't born that way. Because this is, of course, it's, an, it's, it's, a, it's a woman, not a girl. So she's probably in her 20s or 30s or 40s, okay? So she wasn't born that way. But one day, this spirit came on her, not into her, but came on her and put the yoke of infirmity around her neck. And as long as the spirit was there, the woman couldn't go her own way. Do you understand what I mean now? The woman could not be free. The woman could not take care of her children anymore. 
The woman could not do business. The woman could do nothing because there is this yoke of infirmity that the enemy put over her neck to bind her. Then Jesus showed up. Everyone say, Jesus showed up. <laughs> when Jesus shows up, the story changes. I say, when Jesus showed up, the story changes. And Jesus has shown up in your life. Can someone say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus came and Jesus saw the woman and saw what people who knew her had never seen. He saw the spirit of infirmity. That was a spirit. And he sent the spirit away and the woman stood upright. Praise God. Somebody's going to stand upright today in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts 10.38 tells us how Jesus did what he did. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. Who went about doing good. What was he doing? And he was healing all those who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. So we see that Jesus was anointed to set the oppressed free. This woman was oppressed and Jesus set her free by the anointing. Amen. So when you stay full of the anointing, you will give no room to devils. Oh my God. When you stay full of the anointing, you will give no room to devils. No devil will have room in your life. That's why the anointing is one of the keys to stay free. The same anointing that sets others free will keep you free. I said the same anointing that sets others free will keep you free. I said the same anointing that sets other people free will keep you free. Very important. This is very important. It will keep you free. Praise God. So stay full of the presence of God. Stay full of the glory of God. Stay full of the anointing of God. It's important you also go to places and hang out with people that carry the anointing. Because the anointing is contagious. The anointing is contagious. It, it will rub off on you. The anointing is relational. When I connect and relate to someone that's anointed, the anointing on them will rub off on me. Can someone say amen? amen? That's so very important. So stay in a place where the anointing resides. Um, saturate your house with the anointing. How do you saturate your house with the anointing? Prayer. Worship. Are you listening now? Play, play worship CDs. Not every CD. Some, some of the CDs, they have no anointing. <laughs> I was telling the story. I was about to do the All-African Conference a number of years ago. And someone wrote me and said, oh, Pastor Godwell, I know you do this conference. Uh, I have a friend. She travels all over the world to minister. She's a worship minister and all of that. Uh, can you invite her? She, she would like to come. Say, okay, send me her... Uh, yeah, a link. Give, send, a li send a link of her songs to me. So she sent me a link of her songs, and I push the link, and she begins to sing. YouTube. I was looking for something. Do you know what I was looking for? I was looking for the anointing. 
And if I had a microscope, I wouldn't have seen the anointing. I was waiting. I waited and waited. Nothing. I looked at my wife. I said, uh, there's no anointing on this one. She said, play the next one. It's okay. Obey your wives in the Lord. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I pushed the next one. I listened. I listened. I looked at her. Said, there's nothing on this thing. See, the fact that it's called gospel music don't mean it's anointed music. Don't, don't let the label deceive you. I'm not looking for gospel musicians. I'm looking for anointed musicians. I'm not looking for the greatest singer on the planet. I'm looking for, the, uh, for anointed singers. Of course, they need to know how to sing also. Let me just, I, I, I was growing, when I was growing up as a believer, 15 years of age, of almost 15, gave my life to Christ. And I heard some of these things that I swallowed line, line who can sink her. And I believe they were right when they said them to us. Sister Chinyere, special number. Here comes Sister Chinyere. She takes the microphone. Before she sang, she told us, listen to the lyrics of the song, but not to my voice. <laughs> and we believed her. We, we just listened. We just listened. We listened to the lyrics. But I'll do a better job if I took a cat, put the cat under my arm and squeeze his neck. Wow. The cat will sing better than Sister Chinyere. <laughs> <laughs> if you can't sing, shut up. Don't sing. You, no, don't sing in the choir. Sing at home. Sing in the shower. Sing on the streets while you're walking alone. Some people, when they sing, they bring you out of the spirit. <laughs> We had somebody, this was years ago, many, many years. I was still a Bible school student. I was up here. We, I was in the worship team, so I was leading worship. The guy would leave his seat. I don't know why. Okay, he was an usher, but they put him in the wrong place. And <laughs> he would leave his seat and come all the way to this place and begin to sing. Yeah. And, and there we were trying to maintain the key and the note. And this guy, this guy, this guy was leading us out of the note, out of the key. So I said to one of the, I said to one of the workers, I said, please, can you take him to the back? Don't put him there anymore. Take him to the back. Don't listen to the, to the voice, listen to the lyrics. No, if you can't sing, don't sing. Can someone say amen? amen. Who understands what I'm talking about? Oh, that's true. If you can't sing, don't sing. Just. But I'm not looking for a, uh, the greatest singer on the planet. I'm looking for an anointed singer. I'm looking for a worshiper. So we listened through, and I said, look, no, no. 
We don't need someone like this. Thank you. It is the anointing that destroys the yoke. It is the anointing that lifts the burden. Can someone shout amen? amen. This is very important. And, and I've also talked about motivational speaking from the pulpit too. Today that's a problem in the body of Christ. When motivational speakers have taken over pulpits all across the world. And people get emotionally stirred up. But the word of God is not quick and powerful. It is not sharper than any two-edged sword. It is not piercing even to the dividing of the soul and the spirit. The joint and the marrow. So people come to church and motivational speakers tickle their ears and they leave, they, they leave as they came. You live here today, you, you, something is going to resonate in your heart. Amen. You're not going to keep living the way you're living and expect to stay free. Amen. You're not going to keep covering the stuff you're covering and expect to stay free. Amen. Are you listening to me? Amen. I mean, when you leave church, it should not be, wow, the pastor's message was great. When you leave church, it should be, Lord, change me. I'm tired of, oh, pastor's message was amazing. I'm not saying you shouldn't compliment or tell. No, I'm not saying you shouldn't tell that when your pastors preach a great message. But I've said it over and over again. I'm not here to preach a great message. I don't come up here to preach a great message. If I come up here to preach a great message, I know what to tell you. You'll be jumping all over this place. I know the gimmicks that they play. I won't do it. I'm here to preach the truth. And only the truth shall make you free. Amen. When you leave the service today, you're not going to be talking about how great my message was. How I was flipping and somersaulting here. You're going to be talking about how you cannot cover sin. How you cannot continue to live the way you are living. And expect to stay free from demonic influence. Because if you continue living the way you are living... They will mess you up. For the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that ye might have life and have it more abundantly. So the choice is yours. You want to stay free? Then receive the life of God. You want to stay bound? Keep dabbling into the activities of darkness and the devil will eat you for breakfast. Maybe you didn't come to hear this message today, but I come to preach. I come to declare the word of God. Come on now, say amen. amen. Come to declare truth. Repentance, confession, the anointing. Stay full of the anointing. And devils will have no room in your bus. Some people's, some people's bus is filled. So many passengers. It's time to offload. Tell them, this is your last bus stop. You get off my bus in Jesus' name. Come on now, shout amen. amen. Get off my bus, get off my family, get off my business, get off my children. Get off my life. Get off my mind. You, can't, you, you have no room in my life anymore.
Praise God. Number four. The word. The word of God. Stay full of the word. 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 I, I gave my life to the Lord when I was about to turn 15. And I just, I fell in love with the word of God. I just fell in love with God's word. I just didn't know how to hang out with my friends anymore. When I hung out with my friends for 10 minutes, I just felt the spool. Go back, go back, go back. And there were days I read 16 chapters in one day. Sometimes I read eight chapters a stretch, nonstop, just read, just read, just read. And I finish reading eight chapters. I go out to do stuff, and I feel the pool go back. And I go back, read more, eight more chapters, maybe ten more chapters. You must be full of the word. Jesus said to Satan, when Satan said, if ye be the son of God, command the stone to be bread. Scripture came out. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. It is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. It is written, it is written. Listen, listen. If you're not full of the word, what do you have to fight with? What do you have? Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. That's what it says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Is that correct? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, it begins to give you the armor. And one of the armor it gives you to fight with is the sword of the Spirit. And it says, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God, the sword of the Spirit. When you study the old armor that's given to us, you, dis you discover that the sword is the only offensive weapon that's given. Right there, Ephesians 6. Take unto you the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It is written, it is written, it is written. Wherewith will a young man cleanse his way and live a life of purity when he takes heed to thy word? Psalm 119, I believe it's verse 19. Thy word have I heed in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Jesus said, you are clean because of the word you have heard. Your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Come on now, say Amen. You've got to be full of the word. You've got to be full of the word. So many people are deficient of the word. You have to be full of the word. I can't do it for you. You've got to do it for yourself. I see you a few days in a week. 
You know, for some of you, I see you once a week. For some of you, I see you once in a blue moon. Oh, yeah. For some of you, you come and you even sleep while I'm preaching. Be full of the word. The word will protect you. I said the word will protect you. Number five, I'll finish with this, the last but not the least. Number five, constantly exercising the believer's authority over demons and evil spirits. Should I read that again? Constantly exercising the believer's authority over demons and evil spirits. Luke 10, 17 to 20. And the 70 returned again with joy. I want to say with joy. Saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. So believers have been given authority over demons, over evil spirits, over all the works of Satan. We have authority. Say to me, I have authority. Jesus said, Behold, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Look at this now. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, I want you to notice something there. Notice it says, behold, I give you power. Is that correct? To tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Notice it uses power twice. Did you see that? Did you see that? You didn't see that? It uses power twice. Everyone read verse 19 for me. Twice it uses power, but you've got to understand the first time it uses power here, it's not the same as the second. Do you understand? Power here, it, it, the first time, it's not the same as the second. The first that it uses here is exousia. Did you hear me? But in this case, in this case, it denotes power and authority. I want to say power, power. and authority. Okay? It denotes power and authority. Exousia here, the first time it uses power here, denotes power and authority. Do you understand that? It denotes power and authority. But authority is the right you have. But power is the force you have. So exousia here denotes two things. Right and force. But the second time it uses power, when it refers to the power of the devil, it uses force, not authority. Not right, not exousia. In actual fact, you can say it uses dunamis, not exousia. Force. Let me, let, me, let me paint it. Let me paint a picture here. You have a piece of property, piece of land. Your piece of land is infested with snakes. 
The piece of land is yours by right. Correct? But for you to expel the snakes, you need force. If you don't have the force to expel those snakes that have infested your land, your, your right is there all, all the time. But you need not just right, but you need force. Do you get it? The second time he uses power here, he uses just force, not right. Because Satan does not have right over us. But Satan will resist. He has force to resist. But we don't just have force to push him out. We have the right to push him out. Come on now. Behold, I give you right and force to expel all the powers of the devil. And none of them shall by any means hurt you. We have that. I say we have that. Amen. Can someone say amen? amen? So it's important that the believer understands this and constantly exercise the believer's authority over demons and over evil spirits. Mark chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. And these signs shall follow them that believe. Do we have believers here? In my name they shall cast out devils. You cast out devils because you have right. You have authority to cast them out. You can't cast them out if you don't. Praise God. You can't cast them out if you don't. You have authority. You have power to cast out devils. Praise God. Can someone say amen? So we have the power, we have the authority to cast out devils. That's why Jesus said, go cast them out. Exercise your authority. Don't let the devil mess your family up. Don't let the devil mess your children up. Don't let the devil mess up your business. Amen. The late Kenneth Hagin told the story how that monkey demon came to interrupt his conversation with Jesus. And that monkey demon was, sh was there jumping yakety, yakety, yak, yak, yakety, yakety, yak, yak. And he, the man of God, was expecting Jesus to deal with the demon, but Jesus didn't do anything about it. And until he realized that all power in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus, but then given to the church, believers have the authority. God's not going to come down and deal with demons for us. I said God's not going to come down and deal with demons for us. No, he's giving us the power and authority to deal with them. We need to deal with them. We, we can't let them run around and we tolerate them. We can't let sickness run around and we tolerate sickness. We can't let the acts around and tolerate the acts of the devil. We have to rise up in our place of dominion and authority and deal with every activity of Satan. Can someone shout amen? amen. And the time is coming when you will see the power and the glory of God all over this land. For yeah, many are demon-possessed, and many are bound, and many live under curses. But the time's coming, and that's why we need to teach and preach this. Because none of you here is chop lever. You need to get ready because God's going to use you. Amen. You will cast out demons. Yes. You will lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Amen. You have authority in, in Christ Jesus. Amen. Satan don't have authority over you. But if we have a bunch of people who are still living under generational curses, if we have a lot of people who are still running from deliverance service to deliverance service, 
What do you do with people like that? Nothing. Nothing, because they are still bound. But really, in most cases with people like that, the bondage is, the bondage is in their head. The bondage is in the way they think. That's why they need to be renewed in the spirit of their minds. Don't think bondage. Think freedom and liberty. You have been delivered. You have been set free. You've been healed. Can someone say amen? amen. Does anyone believe that? Amen. I say you've been delivered. You've been set free. You've been healed. 